Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future of Influence podcast. And with us today is a guest I'll be introducing you to, Mark Dollins. Am I, am I saying that correct, Mark? Is it Dollins? You are absolutely correct. All right, Mark Dollins, <laughs> he's with us here today. I'm your host, Raj Singh. They call me King Raj. And uh, just excited, actually, to um, have Mark on the show today. So, Mark, please say hello to our listeners and viewers and tell us a little bit about what you do on a high level. Uh, thank you, Raj, and hello, everybody. So my name is Mark Dollins. Um, I am a consultant in the world of communications, and I focus specifically in the area of employee engagement and communication. So I'm a lifelong corporate communications guy. I spent almost 17 years uh, with Pepsi running global employee communications with DuPont, uh, doing similar roles there and um, and Quaker Oats, among other companies. So I'm a corporate guy. But about 10 years ago, I decided to take the entrepreneurial invitation that uh, my inner soul was issuing to me and I started consulting. So that's what I've been doing for the last decade and learning a lot, learning a lot from other companies. And uh, I have packaged everything that I've learned and partnered with somebody from uh, University of Missouri to write a first ever textbook on how to engage employees strategically through communication. So that's, that's the 30,000 foot view. Very nice textbook. That's pretty fascinating, a huh? Textbook, yeah. It was it was surprising actually. I, I partnered with John Stemley. He's chair of the Department of Strategic Communication at the University of Missouri Journalism School. is one of the top journalism schools in the country. And what was interesting to us is, you know, empl- um, employers of all sizes uh, clearly have different numbers of uh, employees, and it really didn't matter whether you have ten employees or a hundred thousand of them. The concepts of what it takes to engage your employees uh, through communications are largely the same. And we did our research and found that out of three hundred over three hundred and forty degree programs just in the u s alone on communications, there had never been a single full semester course or textbook written to support a full semester course on employee communications. And so we said, hey, let's jump in on this and see what we can come up with. True. Very true. So these companies you've worked with, it sounds like just uh, big goliaths in their industries. When you do your consulting now, what type of uh, client is your typical client? What size of company or, or person uh, do you work with now for the consulting? Well, uh, it's a great question, Raj. The, the truth is it's all different sizes and shapes in different industries. So I do work with large companies. I also, I, I, one of my clients is, a, is, a, uh, is an airport. Uh, one of my clients uh, works in the retail jewelry industry. I have uh, another client that just went through an IPO, smaller company with about 500 or so employees, uh, really working hard to make sure their employees stay engaged as they go from a private company to a publicly traded one. So uh, lots of different um, industries and lots of different sized company in different, in different places in their, in their lives and their, and their development. Great, great. So what makes your company different from others that do similar type of uh, consulting, you know, for employees and, and, and retention and, and so forth? Um, what, what, what do you say your secret sauce is that you guys do differently? Uh, 
Well, part of our, our secret sauce really is focused on, um, on uh, talent as well as giving communication, consulting, counsel, and strategy. So we have two parts of our business. So not only do we help companies think through, hey, how do we better communicate with our employees as we're going through this massive change? Uh, we also help uh, communication talent that exists within those organizations, or if they don't have it, help them get it so that they can really focus on the competencies that are most important to help them move the dial. So for example, if you have a company that uh, maybe they've got some great uh, content writers, but they don't have strategists to really help them think through, uh, anticipate you know, what's coming down the pipeline, how do we get better at, at navigating these changes that we're going through, uh, we can help them develop their talent or help them find talent to, to uh, jump in and, and help them. Okay. So what bugs you about the industry that you're in? Or do you see like being the most outdated advice that's given <laughs> to your clients? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think the thing that uh, we probably struggle most with is that so many people don't understand the power of employee communications. Um, usually when people, in, and I will say in all size organizations, when they think of communications, they think PR, they think of people pitching and trying to get media exposure. They don't really think about inside. What is the story that you're telling to your employees uh, that keeps them engaged in whatever it is that you, you exist to, to deliver? What's your purpose, your mission, your vision, your values? So one of our challenges is helping leaders understand there's real power in focusing on this internal uh, set of stakeholders. And not all stakeholders are the same, just like uh, people have different you know, preferences. If you think about it, you know, there's, uh, whether you, whether it's by age, you know, certain people at different ages have different preferences for how they like getting emails or text or hard copy. I mean, all that diversity is, is part of the, a uh, part of the challenge and, and part of what uh, people who lead organizations need to start understanding. Um, but beyond that, it's also about what's the right method. And you need a consistent message, but it needs to be tailored for certain audiences. So, for example, you have a leadership team, you want to tell them uh, about a change or something that the organization really needs to focus on. You're going to have probably more detail, um, maybe a little more, in some cases, a little more high level uh, than you may for middle management or for a general employee population. So there's a lot There's a lot more to this, I think, than most people recognize. And as we come up with partners um, in the C-suite, as we think about you know, rising CEOs or existing CEOs or CHROs or CFOs, it's about showing what that value is and what the return on investment is. The return on investment, I like it. So okay. what would you say are your biggest opportunities and also threats uh, in your space today? Well, let me start with the opportunity. The opportunity all is under one word, and that word is change. Um, there isn't an organization out there that is not going through some measure of change, and usually it's pretty significant. And so what's been happening for people who do what I do inside companies or for companies is uh, we've been focusing on the message and we've been focusing on, you know, what, is the, what does leadership have to say historically? But that's mm -hmm. changing now, right? And the change is we have to learn not just to be employee communicators, but change management communicators, right? So we're actually helping the organization manage through that change. And so when you think about it as an opportunity, that's not going to go away anytime soon. But the opportunity for people who are practicing communications or those who want that kind of service 
is to start looking for employee communicators who have change management experience or change management communications um, experience. And usually that comes through some sort of, of, uh, of uh, certification. So there are a number of models out there. ProSci may be one that you're familiar with and their ADCAR model. But those are the kinds of things that employee communicators need to start uh, gathering and, and, and putting into their, their toolbox. So on the flip side of that, I think the biggest challenge is a lot of communicators aren't going there just yet. And my own, and this is actually part of the book uh, that I've written, it talks about the evolution of change uh, of, of employee communications to change management communications and how mm-hmm. employee communicators who don't get the skill set of change management, they're going to get left behind pretty quickly. So it's an important skill set for them to have. It's also an important skill set for employers, for uh, leadership to look for as they engage people to help them with their communications internally. Okay, excellent. So I'm curious, I mean, your your social media profiles and everything, I mean, you're obviously very competent and experienced at what you do. What is your day-to-day like uh, as a leader? I mean, what do you spend your time doing? Um, I'm, I focus a lot on uh, uh, um, fine-tuning my own message and making sure that I'm clear about what this organization is about and what we do. And really, just as I've, I've explained to you, we focus really only on two things. So many agencies get out there and they say, I, I want to do this and this and I'll do anything. No, that's not how you really carve a name for yourself. So you could say, hey, I'm in kind of a niche business, but I'm really not. I mean, everybody's going through change and I have no shortage of folks coming and asking me, can you help me manage this change through communications? So, uh, but, so placing myself in that space, but adding that extra, I also focus on the talent development side is a way of making sure that I have a very clear picture. Um, and I'm also clear with, with the people that I work with about why we're in business. And we're in business to help our clients navigate tough challenges. And most of the time that involves significant change. Okay. Well, when you say with your clients and, and helping them navigate tough challenges, what is a client success story that you can share with us? Uh, so I worked with a very, this is a very large scale change, but a very large customer of mine merged with another very large customer. And uh, they uh, really wanted to make sure that um, on their side of the business, before the, the merger of the transaction was complete, that employees really understood why are, why are we doing this? What's the value? And quite frankly, what's in it for me, the employee? So we were able to, I was able to help my client focus not only on the messaging, but the messengers and the strategy, the cadence, the sequencing of those Mm -hmm. kinds of messages that Mm -hmm. help employees do a couple of things. One, to believe in that future state of the combined businesses. This is something that's going to be very good, not just for me personally, but also for our customers, which ensures you know future growth. And that's what we're we're all in business to to do is to achieve um, uh, uh, future growth. But it's also about um, giving them confidence in their leadership. So I I always counsel my clients um, around transparency and authenticity in their communications. And we measure that. So we actually, after a a CEO or a a senior leader has gone out and talked a little bit about the change that's coming, we go out and we ask them, we ask the employees questions. Did did you think it? Did you believe it? Did you find their their messaging credible? Did they answer your questions? And when we get those answers, we're able to go back to the client and say, either you you nailed it or you you missed the mark on this one. Let's go back 
and, and fix this because either we didn't give the right message or we didn't deliver it in the right way. So that's an example of, of helping um, retain employees and great talent while you're going through a, a period of, of significant change or anticipating that change and really showing and demonstrating the value of communications and communication counseling uh, to, a, a, in this case, a very large client going through a very significant transaction. Okay. Wonderful. Now, what kind of things do you do when you're not working? What are some of your hobbies? Um, you know, I, I, I'm a, a, a wrestler uh, from high school and college days. Oh, wow. And I, um, I coach uh, middle school and elementary school kids at a couple of different uh, uh, clubs here in Connecticut and also uh, one in, in uh, Westchester GPS in, in Armonk, uh, New York. And uh, I get a lot out of that. It's a sport I love growing up and I love giving back to it. In fact, I still, believe it or not, I, I compete uh, at the tender age of 60. Um, I just won my third national championship this past year. So it's fun to get out there and still compete and show the kids that, uh, you know, there's no limit to your age or your, your aspirations. So I, I get out there and show them how it's done. And it makes sense, right? Because, uh, and congrats to you on that. But it just makes sense that holistically, I mean, you're just a well-rounded um, go-getter that uh, you're making things happen for your clients, but you're also doing the same for yourself and uh, still competing and winning championships. It's very uh, inspirational. I love surrounding myself with people like you. So congrats <laughs> to you on that. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question too. And th- thank you for that. And that's actually a really great and important message for everybody who listens to your podcast is that if we don't invest in ourselves and, mm-hmm. and put time into something that we're really, really passionate about outside of just business, we're going to be missing, I call it a piece of the pie, right? So we all have, I, I view life as it's a, it's a series of pieces of pie that uh, expand and contract depending on what kind of um, effort, energy and effort you put into them. So whether you're a, a dad or you're a, um, a brother or a, a teacher or a musician, whatever it is that you do, you're going to invest a certain amount of time. And because life is life, sometimes you do mm-hmm. less and sometimes you do more. But my point is, and I think what you're raising is, you got to pay attention to it, no matter who you are or where, what stage you are in your life. And that's kind of how I think about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what makes your ideal client? What do you look for in a client? Uh, I, I love working with clients who um, truly understand at least the big picture of what their challenge is. Um, clients who are also open to to partnering. Uh, versus giving um, uh, giving orders, and I really don't have many of them. In fact, I don't have any of those. All of my clients are great partners to work with. In fact, whenever I bill them every every month, I always say thanks for your partnership because that's what makes it work. Um, me telling them what I think they should do is is not the way it, it works. It's about um, based on what I'm learning from you and what your needs are and what you're trying to solve for and what you've helped me think through. These are the right kinds of solutions, and this was this is what works for you, and it's what works for me. Uh, because I appreciate that kind of uh, partnership and you know, smart, strategic um, views of, of business challenges. Okay, excellent. And if someone's listening to this right now and says, you know what, Mark, this sounds like uh, you're the guy I need to speak to to just take uh, what I'm doing to, to the next level. What's the best way they should uh, contact you and, and get engaged with what you're doing uh, with your company? Well, there's a couple of different ways. One is um, I have a, uh, a website for the business that's called uh, North Star Coms, C-O-M-M-S dot com. Uh, and also I have a website just for this book I've been talking about called Engaging Employees Through Strategic Communication. And the website address for that is engaging-employees.com. 
Com. And it tells you all about the book, all about my, uh, my co-author and partner, John Stemmel at the University of Missouri, why we wrote the book, what the chapters are about. There's a couple of sample chapters there and, uh, and really gets into some uh, details of, of why this book is so perfectly timed. And a lot of it, honestly, Raj, is about COVID. It ended up being the lightning rod that showed the importance of this discipline for any business, any size, any industry. Absolutely. And can you repeat that website for the book one more time, please? Sure. It is engaging, I'm sorry, engage-employees.com. I think I may have said engaging, but it's engage-employees.com. All right. There you have it. Engageemployees.com for uh, Mark's new book uh, called Engaging Employees Through Strategic Communication. That is just wonderful. Now, you mentioned about the pandemic. I'm just curious, how did you adjust during the pandemic um, as far as what changes and which ones do you see as being permanent now? Well, there's, I mean, for me, I, I do a lot of my consulting from my office in my home. So I had been traveling, but that was pretty much brought to a, an immediate stop uh, last uh, March or April. Um, but I think the changes that we're seeing uh, clearly around flexible work arrangements are here to stay. Uh, many companies have already announced very specific goals of eliminating anywhere from 25 to 50 percent of their existing office space. So what that means is that employees are going to get, you know, they have gotten used to it, they like it. Employers understand that this is actually um, a competitive selling um, and recruiting tool. And when you can offer that kind of flexibility, it really becomes a very attractive additional component of what your company can offer to prospective candidates. So I think that a lot of smart companies are figuring out, um, we're not going to say no office ever, but we're not going to sure. say office every day either. So I think there's going to be a lot of flexibility uh, for many, not for all, but I mean, obviously if you're working in a uh, a plant or manufacturing environment that becomes in many cases, you know, less than an option. Uh, but I think for the majority of office workers in many companies, it's going to be a permanent um, option. And minimally, I think there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of testing of that concept over the next year or two years to see what really works. And you know, do we do we have impacts on culture? Do we have impacts on our ability to innovate and collaborate? And we have people at different locations, and that's the kind of stuff that people are really thinking through, and they're going to test it. Yeah, it seems like with uh, everything in life, it's just about balance and, and balancing not too much of an extreme either way, but just uh, having all these tools in our arsenal to use it when, when appropriate, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, everybody got launched into this virtual world. Everybody works in an office anyway, got launched into this virtual world in about, you know, probably three or four days. All of a sudden, everybody's got some version of of Teams or Zoom on their laptop, um, there was no choice. But what it really did is it, it accelerated many companies. In fact, I'll say almost all companies' uh, journey into digital transformation. This is a big piece of what what that's about. Okay, well there you have it. That's excellent. And do you have a last message that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, just remember the importance of the internal stakeholder. Right? We all get focused on selling to customers. We get focused on selling to investors, et cetera. But if you're not walking the talk internally, if you do not engage your internal stakeholders with a very clear and compelling message, what I used to call or I often call a master narrative, uh, you're missing a key tool out of your toolbox. So stay focused on those internal stakeholders as well as the external. Ooh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast once again. And for that website, engage-employees.com. 
for Mark's new book. Check him out on social media, Mark Dollins. Pleasure to have you on our show. Thanks again. And until the next episode of the Future of Influence podcast, I'm your host, Raj Singh. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.